Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Matthew 28, we're going to get right into the Word. I tell you, I got a message from the Holy Ghost. I want to get through it. I only have a few minutes, and so um, I trust that you'll just give me the opportunity to finish this. Matthew 28, we know that in Matthew 28, Mark 16th chapter, we know something uh, that Jesus said. In fact, these were some of the last words, not all of them, but some of the last words that Jesus gave to his disciples prior to his ascension to the right hand of God. And, and, and uh, he said this in uh, verse 16. Uh, he that believed... Oh, he said, verse 15, excuse me, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be uh, uh, damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues, and they shall take up uh, serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They all lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So this is called the Great Commission. Say the Great Commission. The great Commission. Amen. And uh, over in Matthew 16, he pretty much says the same thing. The Message Bible says, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Uh, now, listen, when you read this, God is talking to you. Oh, of course, unless you're not. Are there any followers of Jesus here today? Raise your hand if you're. Oh, okay. Say, God's talking to me. Talking Say it again. All right, thank you. God authorized and commanded me, Jesus said, to commission you. Now go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them, watch this, in the practice of all I've commanded you. And I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. So this is the great commission, not the great omission, but the great commission. Listen, are we all called to reach the lost or just to teach the taught? We're about to begin the fall run of city kids. And what an opportunity we have as a congregation. To, listen, don't you misunderstand me. But to get involved in something that, that in the natural has little return. In, in the natural. But because it's of God, God will reward you. And when he rewards you, he rewards you mightily and gratefully and, and, and graciously can I have an amen. And, and abundantly. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, let no one then seek his own good and advantage and profit, but rather each one of the other. Let him seek the welfare, and I put the ultimate good, of his neighbor. In Mark the 10th chapter, you want to turn to Mark 10, I'll tell you a real quick story. Mark the 10th chapter, there's a rich man. He's a young rich man who came to Jesus, and he came to Jesus seeking for this thing called eternal life. And um, there's three things we know about this guy, about this man that came to Jesus. Number one, he was young. Meaning what? He lacked maturity. Write this down. Self-importance is, is the fruit of immaturity. Self-importance is the fruit of immaturity. Number two, he was rich. And because he was young, we could assume that he probably inherited wealth from his family. Number three, he was a ruler. What does that mean? He had, he had the power. Well, he, he possessed the authority to make decisions. But how many agree that you have to make the right decisions if it's going to help you? Everybody say amen. So let's read the story. As he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up to him, treated and knelt before him and asked, Teacher, you are essentially and perfectly morally and good. Uh, in fact, he, what he was saying, hey, you're just like me and I'm just like you. Now what he was saying? Hey, we're alike. 
And he goes on, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And that is to partake of eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. And Jesus said to me, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear falsehoods, so do not fraud, honor your father and mother. So obviously he was a Jew, because he was quoting him the, the uh, five of the Ten Commandments. Y'all agree with me on that? Yeah. Amen. And he replied to him, Teacher, I have carefully guarded and observed all these and taken care not to violate them from my boy, boyhood. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful verse. He looked upon him, loved him, and said to him, You lack just one thing. One thing. He says, Just one area you got to correct. Go and sell all you have and give money Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and accompany me, walking the same road that I walk. I always tell people, you know, salvation is free. But if you want to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you your life. And um, he, the Bible says, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and accompany me, walking the same road that I walk. At that saying, the man's countenance fell and was gloomy. And he went away grieved and sorrowing. Why? For he was holding great possessions. Or one, one translation, great possessions were holding him. The Bible says Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, With what difficulty will those who possess wealth and keep holding on to it to enter the kingdom of God? What is interesting about this story is at the beginning you see that he's running to Jesus because he's longing to fill the void in his life that money can't. <coughs> All right? Yet... He walked away from, because he failed to recognize the value of what Jesus was offering him, he walked away from the richest commodity on this side of heaven, and that's eternal, everlasting life. Everybody say amen to that. Here's the message translation. The disciples, verse 24, they couldn't believe what they were hearing. But why, why couldn't they believe it? Because they were all successful. Every Jew believes in prosperity because God anointed them to be prosperous. God anointed you to be prosperous, but he doesn't want prosperity to have you. Can I have an amen? That's why, I mean, when Jesse got up to share, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, because God has anointed him, gifted him for that very thing and, and, uh, of giving, and, and this, but yet, uh, how many agree that it's a sacrifice to him to give that amount of money just as one, for some of you to give $100? So he's not trying to be our hero. He's not trying to make himself look good. He's simply saying he's challenging us. He's saying, come on, let's go up to a higher level financially. I said, let's go up to a higher level financially. Praise the Lord. Amen. And if you believe that and get involved, God will honor your faith. Because faith without corresponding action is what? Dead. Say dead. Amen. So the Bible says, um, it goes on, uh, let me, you can't imagine how, the disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing, but Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'd say it's easier for a camel to go through an eye, a needle's eye than it is for the rich man to get into the kingdom of God. Now watch this. That set the disciples back on their heels. Then who has any chance at all? Because, I mean, as Jews, we believe that, God, you prospered us. So what, how does anybody have a chance? And Jesus said this. I love this. Jesus said, Not, uh, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. Amen. And that starts with your little. It starts with the little in your life. The talent you have, you know. Uh, I, and I appreciate what Patience was saying because God really has gifted her, anointed her to sing. But the fact is, because they're in boot camp. I mean, it's true. I mean, the first year's boot camp is that um, God gave her favor in that area. 
I said, God gave her favor. But at the same time, now she's responsible even to walk in a greater measure of humility and subservience because that was put upon her. Can I have an amen? But we're proud of both of you very much and so happy that you're in the center of God's will. Praise the Lord. He goes on. He goes, uh, Jesus said, mark my words. Oh, hold it. Peter tried another angle. Hey, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, you mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back. They'll get it all back. That's a good place to cheer. Good cheer. They'll get it all back. But multiplied many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land. Watch this, but also in troubles, or King James says, with persecutions. So I just want you to know, how many want to prosper with you? How many want to prosper financially, like God says here? Amen. But then you have to accept the fact that there will be persecution. Amen, that we can overcome, absolutely. But I just want to say, there's troubles. Uh, and then the bonus of eternal life. This is once again the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last, and the last will end up first. Hallelujah. So Jesus wasn't able, let's think about this. Though Jesus wasn't able to get through to this young rich Jew, the Bible says he still loved him. Listen, and, and regarding, regarding this, pers- this guy, even though he didn't respond, it wasn't a waste of Jesus' time. He still, he still ministered unto him. It's the same with you. When you go minister to people, sometimes people won't respond to you. Listen, listen, listen. But seeds are scattered into their heart. Let me tell you something, every one of you, and i got to keep going on this, but you have to understand, when you're sitting around people and they're they're hurting, that's an open door. Even if you simply say, hey, you know what? I've faced that same thing. I'm going to pray for you, and I believe God's going to answer your prayer. Come on. How easy is that? Amen. That went over real big, so amen. That's good. Praise the Lord. So, all right, let's go to Luke 19. We'll share this story. In Luke 19, we have a story, another story. Listen, a story of another rich man who responds differently than this young rich ruler did. In, in um, Luke, the 19th chapter. I'll go there, and we'll read that out of the King James. In Luke 19, Jesus entered and passed through Jer- Jericho. Remember Jericho, the wall that came down later? I mean, uh, came down, excuse me, earlier. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the thief, which was the chief among the publicans, and, um, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who, was, who he was, and could not for the, uh, for the press, because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Just think about, this was a young man who was rich also. All right, he was rich. He was really successful financially. And he ran, the Bible says, before, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for Jesus was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. He's, you know, Jesus is saying, today salvation is knocking at your door. And the Bible says, Watch the response. And he, man, he just, I mean, he made haste, slipped down that tree as fast as he could, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, this, that, that he, that was, he, uh, that he, he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. It's so interesting, isn't it? It's so, Jesus never said one thing about giving, but inherently, 
Listen, inherently, because he was touched by the presence of God, inherently, he dealt with his financial responsibilities. Is that amazing? And today, people struggle with that financially. They struggle with giving. But that inherently, you know it's right because God put that in you. Do you know why he put that in you? Because you have his nature. And what's God's nature? Thank you, giving. That's his nature. Praise the Lord. So he responds immediately to the financial aspect of his life. And the Bible says, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Watch this. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's, that's the purpose of his coming. That's the purpose of your life. That's the purpose of all Christians always trying to think of, what is the purpose of my life? Your purpose is to bring the good news to the world around you that's dying and going to hell. That's the purpose of your life. Acts 1.8. Prior to his ascension at the right hand of God, Jesus also said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. That, actually, that word witness means martyr. That doesn't mean in the sense that someone's going to kill you. That simply means that you're willing to die to get the message out. You're willing to let go of your life, your pride, your, your, uh, self, your, 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 um, um, your self-esteem, I mean, everything that you value and try to protect, you're willing to let it go to let people know how good God is. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? And the Bible says, you should be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and to, the other, uh, uh, and to the ends of the earth. Sioux Falls is included. Can I have an amen? So the, o- the only reason you and I are Christians today is because others, listen, in this case, the apostles, others were willing to take the good news to a dark and dying world. Now listen to this. If they'd have kept it to themselves, Christianity would have died in Israel. When the disciples left Jerusalem, guess what? They went west. And by going west, they actually brought the message of redemption to the western world. Listen, not, not to the east, but listen to this. Had they gone east, it's not reasonable to think that today we'd be like Russia and China, and they'd be like us. Do you think we're anything special? I'm talking about as sinners, do you think we're anything more special than Chinese people or Russian people? But that's, that's what happened when the gospel came to the U.S. It lit this nation up. Can I have an amen? Thank you, Lord. Write this down. If we keep the good news that changed our lives hidden, it will be lost. Listen, it will die in us. And I personally am ashamed of, I'm very excited about what we do you know, in the sense of endeavoring to reach out to the community. Oh, but as a, as a church, corporately and individually, we could, we could do a lot more. Can I have an amen? amen? There's over 200 churches in Sioux Falls. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, every disagreement creates another church. Every, every disagreement. I'm, I'm serious about that. Most church, now, now, this church wasn't birthed out of disagreement. This church was birthed out of prayer, because I guarantee you, what we've been through in our lives, you wouldn't come here for that, in, in that respect, for that kind of endurance, or, or whatever you want to, you know, the adversities and stuff that you face in life, but this, this ministry was not birthed out of division, it wasn't birthed, you know, out of a split, it was birthed by the heart of God, that's why it has endured for 37 years, and we give God a praise offering for that, hallelujah. Write this down. What you keep spoils, but what you sow bears fruit. 
There's something in, uh, there's, uh, there's a sea in Galilee called the Dead Sea. And the reason it's, a, it's called the Dead Sea is because it has no outlet. And so, because it has no outlet, uh, the water just sits there and, and, and begins to die. So all the fresh water that runs from the Jordan River into that Dead Sea, uh, it, it profits nothing. It just simply dies. All it does, all, all it does is create a, 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 a nauseous stench. That's, yeah, that's what it is. It, all it creates is a lifeless stench. And it was never to be that way. God never created the sea, uh, the dead sea to be dead. But there was no outlet. It's the same in your life. It, it truly is. I mean, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to recognize it or not, if all, you have, if all you get in your life is to bring it in and never let it out to others, all, all you become, listen, in the nostrils of your Savior is a stench. Because he's grieved. Because God cannot do anything in the earth except for someone who will uh, work with him. Can I have an amen? We were never called to hide what God ordained to be heralded. Another good saying. We were never called to hide what God ordained to be heralded. Yet sinners will never... Oh, oh watch this. Another one. Let me get this to you. Jesus didn't suffer and die on a crude cross for the righteous, but the unrighteous. Do you understand that? He's not pleased with us just coming in here and getting fat and get me to have a little bless me club to get me through the day. He literally, he, he wants, he's sending us out, which we'll see from the scriptures as we continue on. So, the, the, so listen, the great commission is the only cause that counts. It's the only cause that counts. The great commission. Souls and the passion for souls is the cry of heaven. Yet sinners will never know how much God loves them without someone who's experienced it already. That's why I try to tell you. If you think for a moment that I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of uh, how, how I was treated when I was small, you know, what I went through as a child, but I share those things because I want people to know that there is deliverance in Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Come on. There's deliverance in Jesus. And I know we don't need no big spectacular story. My kids really don't have a big spectacular story. But they do know that every day that they wake up, God gave them life. God gave them love. God gave them health. God gave them strength. God gave them wisdom. God gave them favor. Hallelujah. Every day. We don't need to murder five people and get saved. And, you know, we because we we're murdering people every day by our divisiveness and, and our criticalness. Oh, tell me the things coming out of me. I said, put them back in there. Just don't say anything. <laughs> Terry Mai said this, the church is sitting on their suitcases singing, I'll fly away. When they need to unpack and start singing, we'll work till Jesus comes. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. That's good stuff. He's coming. So is Jesus, but Terry's coming first, I believe. In Acts, the eighth chapter, in the midst of an outpouring of God's spirit in Samaria, a young man by the name of Philip, who ended up being stoned to death, was sent and commissioned by an angel. In the midst of a revival, he sent to the desert called the Gaza, the Gaza Strip. We've been there. We've stood on that land. And he went there knowing, not knowing, that there'd be a high-ranking official uh, there from Ethiopia that needed some help. So let's read the story. So he started out, that means Philip, and he met this treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, 
and he was not returning. Seat, seated in his carriage. So he was a Jew. He was the Ethiopian Jew who came to worship in Jerusalem because every year they were called home to worship God. Okay. So he was now returning. Seated in the carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, I'm, I promise you, and I, I promise you, if you're willing to cooperate with the Holy Ghost, he will literally take you and send you right into the midst of people's lives that are, that are, that are crying out for help. Amen. You know, I just want you to know, God is just as interested in the up and outers than he is the down and outers. He loves them all. Amen? Amen. How many believe that there's people at Citibank that need salvation? I'm just saying, wherever, you know, wherever people are working, wherever they're doing, there's people that need Jesus. That, that means that are around you on a daily basis. Let's go on. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and, um, and walk along beside the carriage. Then Philip ran over and, and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, now do you understand? Do you understand what you're reading? Well, the man replied, well, how can I? How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reaching was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. That's, that's in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, now tell me, was this prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to water, and the eunuch said, look, some water. Why can't I be baptized? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Amen. I don't care if you lead someone to the Lord and take a five-gallon pill of water, pour over his head. Hallelujah. Get him. Get him. <laughs> we always are so traditional and all the I mean praise God let's, let's get people saved and have an amen I love verse 37 the Amplified and Philip said if you believe with all your heart if you have a conviction full of joyful trust and, and that Jesus is the Messiah and accept him as the author of your salvation uh, giving him your obedience then you may and he replied I do believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God so he ordered this uh, carriage to stop they went down into the water. I love this part. And Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. He didn't have to call Uber. Isn't that called Uber? Yeah, he was translated to another city. Man, that's cool. Do you believe the Bible? I mean, I'm telling you, man, wouldn't that be cool? You just get done sharing with somebody in Minneapolis and bam, you're back in Sioux Falls. <laughs> tell that to people. Don't tell it. <laughs> I love this. I love these stories. Hallelujah. And the Bible said the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Amen. Well, P uh, Philip. Uh, uh, found himself farther north of, uh, uh, at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Just beautiful. Praise God. What an awesome story. And this event, this supernatural conversion, only happened because someone was willing to obey the Holy Ghost's leading. Listen, so this harvest would have been lost apart from uh, Philip's uh, willingness to fulfill his calling. I wrote that, I looked up in the computer, you've all heard this, I've said it before years ago, but uh, whose job is it? And we're always thinking about that, even, even the Great Commission, whose job is it? So uh, this is the story that you're all familiar with. There's a story of four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, 
and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. That is hard on a Norwegian's mind, let me tell you. It's good though, isn't it? I can't imagine what God deals with. I'm serious, on a daily basis regarding getting to the cooperation of his people when it comes to sinners. I mean this. Thank God there was a Peter willing to be the nobody that somebody was unwilling to do. Thank God there was a Philip willing to be the somebody anybody was equipped to do. I love Isaiah's uh, attitude when it comes to, uh, uh, come to the good news. He said, here am I, Lord, send me. In Matthew, Jesus defines the role of every one of his followers, including you and I. He said, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, your passion for this, this I've added this, your passion for what changed your life spiritually. Go on, lift your hand if you're grateful for God changing your life spiritually. I mean, is that passion still there? Bruce was telling me about his uh, nephew, and uh, his nephew has been addicted to drugs most of his life. How old is he now? Maybe 40, maybe? 45. 45. And, and uh, he recently surrendered his life to Christ. And in fact, Bruce came over and got some suit, uh, suit coats that, that I had. And uh, he's walking around, hey, that, that, that anointing is in those suit coats. Hallelujah. <laughs> and in fact, and he's, he's, yeah, I mean, he's got such a passion to tell people about Jesus. What about your passion? He says, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Oh, you'll become like the Dead Sea or like that fig tree that Jesus could not get anything from. Verse 14, you are, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand. Why? So it gives light to all in the house. So let your light so shine before men, women, children, that they may see your moral excellence, your praiseworthy, noble, noble and good deeds, and recognize, honor, praise, and glorify your Father in heaven. The Message Bible says, here's, here's another way to put it. You're, you're, you're to be a light, bringing out the God callers in the world. Isn't that good? God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you on a hill, uh, now that I put you there on a hilltop, uh, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. He doesn't talk about your natural. Keep an open house. I said keep an open house. Let people open the door and let, see, let people see the Jesus in you, the love in you, the compassion in you, the mercy in you, the kindness in you, the goodness in you. Can I have an amen? Open up the door. <laughs> oh, I'm having more fun than you are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I love this. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Just think about Peter was the one who denied Christ three times. And yet look at the, the willingness that he had to preach the first message of Christ's redemption, redemptive love. And 3,000 Jews get gloriously saved. Just because one man dared to be the somebody. One man dared to be the anybody. 
Can I have an amen? amen. That's what we need to be. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's our calling. I, I, and I'll, I'm, I'm winding this up. In Genesis 1, I'm not going to go there. But in, you know the story. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void. It was full of darkness. Uh, and, and, and so something happened between Genesis 1.1 and Genesis 1.3 where God said, let there be light. Because in t- verse 2, he said, darkness covered the earth, gross darkness, uh, blackness, uh, uh, chaos. Well, God don't create things like that. Come on, work with me. God don't create stuff like that. I mean, if you know him, he doesn't. So ha- something happened. And we think it was the, when he cast uh, Satan out of earth, down, uh, out of heaven, down into the earth. That's where the chaos began. But he said this. He said, let there be light. Praise God, and light came. But, but here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing. He wouldn't talk, talk about the sun. That was the, the, later on. He was talking about his glory. And here's what he said. This is man, listen, this is man's commission. Here's what he said. He said, God said to himself, <laughs> deity, let us make man in our image and likeness and let them, let them have dominion. And here's what he says. Let them... Let them, um, let the, what's the word? Uh, let them replenish the earth. Let them multiply and replenish the earth. He wasn't talking about babies. He was talking about his glory. Now, you know, you know, no, I mean, I'm not being derogatory at all, but uh, how many were raised in a Catholic church? A lot of Catholic families years ago had tons of people. Not, excuse me, tons of children. <laughs> I guess they were people. Tons of children. <laughs> because they believed that that was pleasing. There's nothing wrong with that. But they believed that that was, you know, multiplying God's presence in the earth. But that was mis, misunderstood. You know, it's okay. If you've got you know, many children, I don't care. As long as you didn't take care of them. But the f- fact, is, that fact is, that's what it means. He wanted, his, he wanted his glory multiplied in the earth, replenished in the earth. In fact, I looked up that word replenish. Let me look at it. It means to fill to the fullness. Amen. To fill to the fullness. So that's our call. It has never ended. From Genesis 1 till now, we're called to fill this earth with the fullness of God's presence. Come on, everybody. Is that awesome? All right, I'm almost done here. But can I share one more story with you? This is so good today. You know, it's so hot outside, you don't even want to go out there anyway. John, the fourth chapter. Turn there real quick. One more quick story, and then we're going to close. Because these are important stories, because I'm, uh, I've got the Spirit of God wanted you to know that you have, you have a calling in your life. You have a commission. You have an anointing in your life to reproduce the nature of God on the inside of others. Now, in John, the fourth chapter, there's a story there. Uh, you know the story. If you've studied the Bible, it was the woman at the well. Uh, and Jesus, I, I love verse, I love John, it's fourth chapter, verse three and four says this, Jesus left Judea and departed again unto Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Now, Samaritans were simply half-breeds. They were part Jewish and part something else. And so they were despised because of their ethnicity. Okay, they weren't pure blood, and so they were uh, always made fun of, mocked, uh, despised, and, uh, you know, uh, they were not liked by the Jews, okay? So I love that. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he knew somebody was there. So he gets there, and a woman comes, and he, of course, you know the story. Um, her life was a wreck. Think about this. Her life was a chaotic mess. Listen to this. She had been married and divorced five times and living with number six. And listen to me now. Listen, listen. 
Jesus never brought up her past or her present. Never said to her, you know, you need, you need, to, get, you need to stop living together. You need to stop that. We all know that's not right. And it's not good for believers especially to do that because of the fact that you, you welcome the curse into your life instead of the blessing. So don't be living together. Wow, that went over in this culture big time. That just, I mean, that just, you know, Andy, there's just some things I shouldn't even say. No, I need to tell you the truth. I, and every, listen to me. I mean, we've all guilty of, we're all guilty of past things. We're all guilty. We're not, none of us are innocent of anything. But the fact is that we need to still, with great love and compassion, let people know. I've done it many times. I've gone to places and, you know, uh, maybe because I'm getting older, people just leave me alone. The guy's senile, just leave him alone. But I, I let, about to, hey, how, how, you, how long have you been married? Oh, we're living together. And I, just immediately, I say, oh, you shouldn't do that because when you live together, God calls that sin and, and, and it, it really works against you. And, and it, so you really should get married because if you get married, God will bless you. Yeah. I've never had one tell me to go somewhere. <laughs> but listen, Jesus' only desire was to give this woman a future and a hope. That's all his desire was. And in just a few moments as he's ministered, just a few moments went by and this woman becomes a believer in Christ and goes in, even into the city that she was from to tell everybody there uh, how uh, the life-changing message that Jesus was offering. Now, I want to read the Message Bible, verse 31. In the meantime, the disciples pressed Jesus. They went to town. It was noon. They went to town, picked up a, uh, a couple of burgers from Burger King. And um, <laughs> the Bible says, uh, Rabbi, eat. Aren't you going to eat? And he said, I have food to eat you know nothing about. So the disciples were puzzled. Who could have brought him food? And Jesus said, the food that keeps me going, the food that keeps me going, the food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. I'm telling you right now, God raised this church up to finish the work that Jesus started. I mean that. I, I know other, I ain't leaving any other church out. Every church that preaches Christ has a calling. But I'm telling you, our calling is to reach people for Jesus Christ in this community. I mean, it really is. I mean, that is our calling. That's our calling. Let me, can I say this? Those billboards, listen, those billboards that we spend, we spend about 3000 a month on billboards, they're there, listen, as a tool for you to start a conversation with somebody who has seen them or you asked, have you seen them? It's simply a tool. God is not saving people from those signs but he, because he can't, but he sure can convict them. And then he needs you to, he needs you to lead them. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. Even if you don't believe it, say amen. amen. See, that word amen means so be it. So that's, that's it. So the disciples, okay. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months it will be time to harvest? Well, I'm telling you, to open your eyes. And listen, it doesn't take any intelligence to open your eyes and see the hurts that are on people's lives. It's all around us. I said it's all around us. All around us. Hurting people. Needing a message of hope. Not letting them know just how, you know, if they, they would just quit that, God would bless them. Jesus didn't even, you would think Jesus would bring that up. 
I can't believe it, woman. You are a miserable failure. Five marriages, and you're living with the six. What a pervert. Didn't say anything. I said he never said anything. She had enough. She was living in torment. She was oppressed. She was living in guilt. Uh, I mean, every kind of emotion, negative emotion, she was fighting in her life. And Jesus didn't bring nothing up but hope for the future. I'm telling you, open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe. And I, I added this in my notes. The South Dakota fields are white. They really are. They're white. It's harvest time. Say it's harvest time. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. God has a whole lot invested in this harvest. He gave his only begotten. He gave the most valuable thing in heaven to redeem a world he loves. But he cannot. Re- Listen, if it wouldn't have been for somebody obeying God, you, if you, some of you, are, excuse me, all of us would be headed for hell. Thank God someone is willing to pay the price. Amen? And that means if we'll bring them, God will save them. I mean that. If we bring them, God, and I'm trying to stir you up because I really do. I get, I get, and I take it personally. Uh, I, I do. As a pastor, I take it personally when, when this church isn't growing. There's got to be things that I'm not doing. You know, I'm not praying enough. Obviously, I'm not studying enough. Obviously, I'm not preaching the right messages because if I were, the church would be growing. But, you, but all of us have a part to play. Can I have an amen? All of us do. We really do. And I'm not trying here to you know, throw stones at you. I'm just here to try to encourage you to, to, to just by faith, just once by faith, open your mouth and let someone know uh, that God is so good, that, that, um, that he's merciful and loving. They, they, they don't know. See, you know something the world doesn't know. If you were raised in a dead denominational church, which I was, and I don't know, not derogatory, but any church, I'm just simply saying, if there's not a message of redemption, uh, a, a, a personal message of redemption, you, you leave church as unchanged as you came, as tormented as you came, as oppressed as you came, as lost as you came. They don't know. Paul says, how can they know except someone be sent? How? They don't know. They won't know. And so here it is. We keep saying, you know, oh, you know, Jesus must going to return or because God any time because things are getting so bad. Listen, the worse it gets, the greater your light shines. It isn't about how bad the world is. It's, it's about how, light, how bright you are. That's what it is. God, I've been so guilty of that, getting into the same sewer as the world is as far as the negative stuff going on. I'm serious about it. If I watch news once a month, I haven't missed a thing because they keep regurgitating the same things over and over and over again. All of a sudden, you're, you're walking out of your house and then nobody's even getting near it because you smell like the Dead Sea. <laughs> I'm just saying your attitude stinks. Come on. You know, it's miserable. It doesn't matter how dark the world gets. That just means you and I are getting brighter. And the fields are white. Say it's harvest time. 
Verse 37, that's the truth of the saying, this one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Without lifting a finger, you have walked on a field, worked long and hard by others. Many of the Samaritans, many, 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 doesn't say how many, but many, the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to Jesus because of the woman's witness. And I love this part. He knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. See, that's the beautiful thing. If you can get people here, God knows them, and he knows exactly how to deal with them. He knows exactly how to touch them. He knows exactly how to minister to them. Hallelujah. God saves people. We just bring them. We just bring them. That doesn't mean you can't go out and lead someone to the Lord. But if you'll get them in an environment where there's a corporate anointing, God will change their lives. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.